No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspy, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited, so visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongssummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. This episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by Define, Define Premium Cannabis. Cannabis. Bis, 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 bis. We D E F Y. Why? Because we love you. No, because N-E. we smoke weed. 
That's wild. We love you also, too. Also, that's just how it's spelled, guys. Oh yeah. So, huh. Define Premium Cannabis is one of our awesome sponsors. They are and awesome. I happen to work there. Hey, and we have two locations, one in Hillsboro, one in Forest Grove. If you come visit me, Apple, at the Hillsboro location where I usually am, me mention Apple. that you are a listener yes. of No when Simple you, Road. When you go in, you should say, "Hey, can I talk to me Apple?" Me Apple. Yeah, I answer that. It's like me undies, mm-hmm. but different. But if you mention you're a listener of the show, you will receive ten percent off your purchase and a free T-shirt. How do I know and I'll get to meet you. A free T-shirt. A free T-shirt. Guys, we don't wow. we don't stress that enough on most of these things. That's dope. Free mm-hmm. T-shirts are cool. Yeah, I will always take yeah, a free discounts, t-shirt, especially if it's cool. I a think discount, and then you throw free shit on top of it. Well, wait, how would you shit. throw free shit on top of don't a discount? Come out and visit me, and I'll show you how. Apple, do not throw shit at our <laughs> don't listeners. Don't tell them, Apple. Don't, don't tell do them the that. secret. So, I I have to disagree. I, I think that a 10% discount is way cooler than a free t-shirt. It depends. It depends on how much but you're spending. You, but, 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 yes, it does. But it really depends yes, it on does. how much you're spending. But, but, but we're right stacking right. them. I know. You I stack know. them. You get each. It, Both. It's, it's almost mind-blowing. A duet. It really is. It, it is a duet. Yeah. A, du- a duet cool of shit, love. Not to mention the cool shit you get just because you're listening to us, but also like all the cool shit that's already there. They got the best prices on in carts in town, in all of Portland. And they yes, have new flavors, do. too. Like what? They? Yeah, we do have new flavors. Flavors? Yeah, uh, vape carts, distillate. We have pineapple OG, blackberry kush, butterscotch, strawberry... And key lime pie. Dang. Does it? Have you tried key them? I I have so not good. tried them yet. I'm remiss to say but, I but have these, not. Allegedly, these taste like butterscotch. Like for real, or is that just the strain name? No, for real. No, it tastes like butterscotch. Does it oh, taste wow. like key lime pie? And why haven't you brought any home? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Apple's been a little busy I guess, lately. I guess I'll just have to go out to that Forest is a lot Grove of strains. or Hillsboro. Or Hillsboro. Yes. Ask for Apple. Find ask out. For Apple. Tell them you listen to No Simple Road. Exactly. Ask for a cart. You'll get 10% off Aaron's and a free t shirt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Boom. And you can buy a battery for your vape cart. We sell them for $12. It's got Dang. our cool defined logo Guys. on it. And they have a lifetime warranty. Okay. What? So if you're in Portland and you want to take care of your head, or your body, go out to Define in Hillsborough or Forest Grove, ask for Apple, get your 10% off, get your free t-shirt, you will be clothed, you will have extra money in your pocket, and you'll be high. I mean, that's it's a literally pretty good deal for No Simple Road and Define. It. Yes. Yeah. So let's leave it at that. Go visit them. This episode of No Simple Road is also brought to you by the fabulous, amazing, stupendous, and perfect Shop Tour Bus. Perfect. Shop Tour Bus. Perfect. Shop Tour Bus. Shop Tour Bus. Did you know that Shop Tour Bus was perfect, Mel? In fact, I did not know that. I they, did not believe I perfection perfect. existed, but they create, if anybody can do it, I believe that Luke can. Right? Luke and his peeps. Mm-hmm. They are creators of yeah. one-of-a-kind, Grateful Dead-inspired merchandise. So you will get a t-shirt with a really cool design on it. You'll get a sticker or a gift certificate. And then this magical t-shirt will appear at your house in a one-of-a-kind hand-designed box with a Grateful Dead lyric written on the inside of it. Wait, you mean like they designed a bunch of boxes and they have a bunch of the same cutout boxes and everything looks the same? But no, it's one that's not it. No, 
No, no, that's boring. It, right? no? It's totally boring. That's boring. And that is so not shop tour bus style. Well, that's not perfection. Mm-hmm. How dare you, sir? So no, they do every Sheesh. individual box. Yeah, man. Yes. They every have a they one. have an entire warehouse filled with people, and all they do all day is smoke weed and listen to the Grateful Dead. Why are you and, lying? Why not? Why are you making shit up? Because you're trying to tell people what's really that up. That sounds good. And they don't know. It sounded great. It sounded, it sounded great you blew until it, it was alive. Okay. Well, they, they got an album out, wait, Luke okay. Skywalker and the they two have, live crew. Oh, they no. have a studio <laughs> in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where six or seven people sit and listen to the Grateful Dead all day and design these hand-designed boxes. He wasn't lying. That are going to materialize in your home. I was... Stretching the truth. Thank you. Thank you, Ryder. <laughs> yeah. And when you get this box... It's going to have a surprise inside. Is that what they call one creative surprise? control? Yeah. I get a whole one surprise? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fine with one surprise. No, no, no Ryder, there's many there's surprises. More than there's one a surprise. lot of surprises. If we get one commercial done quick, the other one's got to last why, 80 minutes. Why are we in a hurry? I didn't say we're in a hurry. So relax. Oh, wait, oh so Mel's got somewhere so to be. I'm so unrelaxed. No. <laughs> you guys should see me now. Yeah. Take it down a notch. Oh, I my know. God. You're at an 11. We need you at like a 2. Yeah, so you get lots of surprises, Ryder. More than one. More than one. Like, that would be a like lot. Like what? Like, are we talking about, like, a magical bootleg? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We are talking about that. A magical a bootleg. A pencil to spool it. Oh, fuck. Fancy twine. Fancy it is twine? wrapped around an awesome Boy. print. What about mm-hmm. Print or and lyrics they, or something. So, okay, we've I listened back to a couple episodes recently. And we say candy. We don't know if there's going to be candy in every box, so I don't want you to be disappointed if you order from shop. You're going to get treats, surprises, something. Yeah. You don't know what it is. These boxes that we're talking about, this is what we got. We got a variety of candies, little mini soldiers, a sushi eraser, stickers, erasers, magical, cute little pens that fit in secret pockets. All kinds of fun stuff. So you guys are going to find out what you get when you get your own box or if you get a box for a friend. And you don't even have to pay for shipping because you listen to No Simple Road. Shop Tour Bus is going to hook you up. When you check out, you put in the promo code No Simple Road, all one word, no caps, no spaces. You want to know why? Why? Because they believe in us. That's right. And we believe in them. So they gave us free shipping and we believe in them. It's a figure eight of reciprocal belief. Mutual belief. Yeah. (laughs) There it is. So head over to shoptourbus.com online or at shoptourbus on Instagram. And really, and this isn't stretching the truth, you're going to get more than you bargain for. Hey, this is Reed Mathis. This podcast is In The Loop, the legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. Sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Osiris. Somebody, twenty-one years, and they hand you a chillum. What's up with that man? Dipshit. You just don't be knowing. I'm blowing it. Will you forgive me, Mel, for handing you the chillum? I I thought I made it right and handed you the bubbler. No. 
No? So you're not going to forgive me? You're going to hold a grudge? Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm taking it grudge. real easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Mel's got a chillin' grudge. It was like a pretty strong comeback, but it still doesn't negate the original foul shot. <sighs> I, I, I feel... Negatives if, don't negate the positives, and the positives don't make the negatives go away. Life <sighs> is life. That's all we can do. You know, in the military, they say, one oh shit cancels 10,000 out of boys. Yep. Think about that. that. That's yeah. what they I say. strolled out here, gave you money, and you gave me a chillum. Oh, oh, shit. But that chillum had some granddaddy Durbin in it, Does which like is 18.37% and 0.7% CBD. I don't have my glasses on. right now. I'm not going to lie. It right, looks so, like it. I'll be honest. It's a good Yerba But Buena I also shit. did have a pretty full day, so Hey, now. No Simple Road family. Oh, oh yeah. That's oh, what's yeah. great about a full day. Hey, like guys. one little hit of good weed. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. Ooh, set you back right. Mm-hmm. What does it do, Apple? Ooh, set you back right. Hey, set did you guys back. feel that set out there? Back. Ooh, set you tight. Get it right. Yeah. This week, we're giving you a little extra something. Little little mile twelve action, little, yeah. Little boosted, get you through the through the. Hump yeah, day. it's it's. This was very cool. This was a very cool interview. We didn't know quite what to expect. We're kind of all kind of new listening to mile twelve mm-hmm. over the last probably month. Yeah, and Nate was very informative. Nate was on very, point. Yeah, Nate taught me a new way to listen to bluegrass music. Yep. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Aaron's dumb butts and listening to bluegrass, you know, on and off our whole lives. That didn't tell he said it. Didn't realize, like, yeah, there's no drummer in a bluegrass band. We're like, oh, oh my god. Nate also made me realize that what if No Simple Road was all up on spreadsheets and like production? Mm. Okay, yeah, get like, on that Nate, shit. Hook yeah, it up. Hook it up. Really? Hook, it up. hook it up, Mel. <laughs> I'm, he, I will. I have been. There you go. I've been doing my part. Salt. You have. We have two new Chandonators today I don't know what too. You're talking about what? Two of them. Yep. Two new Chandonators. Oh yeah. Two new Chandonators. Mm-hmm. What, the first one is Ryder Holiday. It's because my name's always. I can always get my name. Oh, no matter what, we know I Ryder. Oh, yeah, I know uh, you. <clears throat> and the second one is Melanie Schaefer. <gasps> Wow. So, I, what? I, okay, I'm at work today and I get uh, notifications on my phone when we get a Chan donator. And I see it come up and it doesn't tell me who it is. So I'm like, oh, cool, two new Chan donators. Yay. And I open it up and I look and it's Mel and Ryder. And I was like, did they do that so that they could listen to the Higgs? And then, and then Ryder reminded me that that's out on the Patreon for free. You By the way, yourself. that is out on the Patreon for free if you want to hear a one hour playing in the band and you want to hear it by the higgs yeah at skull and roses it's on our patreon page no simple road or patreon.com forward slash no simple road but anyway i digress and it's amazing even yes. dennis mcnally said that it was one of the hits of the festival yes. the higgs mel i want to hear why you signed up on patreon today <laughs> well um i was feeling really good and grateful for our day because it was just a a beautiful Portland day and I said to Ryder um, speaking of the Higgs one of the guys and I don't remember who it is you guys will have to listen back so what let Apple drink his tea let's just get it out there because then I'll get interrupted (laughs) again so it was either John or Jesse I believe you know what actually I don't know I can't say who it was but they said once we all decided to put as much effort into the band as every like once we decided to make it our main thing 
like it just started taking off. It was Jesse. Jesse. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, me and Ryder were out here talking and it just got me thinking. And I was like, Ryder, like clearly Aaron's part in this No Simple Road is is like underscored and underlined and everyone knows Aaron's part. But now that we're looking at it as a business and looking at it as our next step as a, a family, uh, what's our part in it? And I was like, well, we need to start um, investing in it. I go, we're always talking about cute dollars. Yep. We need to be supporting ourselves because if we give to No Simple Road, then we're coming close, one step closer to making our dreams come true. And we can help make our own dream come true just as those other Chan donators out there. And we've been talking about Chan donating and all that stuff. And I believe in us as a team and I want to get our farm. And so... That's the scaled down version. Wow! It was it was a, a long writer can add. That yeah. Was, well, yeah, and I, I the way I, I saw it, I was just like everyone always says if you've got a way to put money away, like to put a set amount of money away a month, we have a built-in like system in which to do that for a specific cause, and it's. No simple road. It's the picture. that's fucking right. Yeah, we you guys believe in made it. me smile at my desk today, like for well, realsies. And then we read what um, the, the conductor wrote yes. for the people that are no simple road Patreon. Patreon Welcome to the message. family. Wow, you are donating to oh. make this. And it was <laughs> I'm like, re- what are you talking? It really was really. Message. It was sweet, and you forgot you did that. It was. <laughs> totally it was like um, I felt like today was like drawing a line in the sand. Sorry, I hit the mic. Um, drawing a line in the sand when st- not just saying that we believe in something, but actually taking action and putting our money where our mouth is, like Buzz said. Wow. So this goes out to Buzz. This goes out to Melanie and Ryder. This goes out to Apple and Aaron. We, and this goes well, out to I everybody have to else. Say, we have to say. I ha- yeah. We speak your name. Ryder R. <laughs> Holiday. Ryder A. Holiday. And Melanie... Schaefer, we speak your name. Melanie Schaefer, <laughs> we Ryder speak Holiday. Your name. <laughs> and you get a car. And you get a car. Yeah. I like recording in the middle of the week. This is fun. Yeah, this, is, this fun. is possible because of my wonderful mother. I will have to say that um, she has been able to alleviate some of the responsibilities since she's been here, Mm -hmm. allowing all of us to be a little bit more free with our personal time. I've actually been able to do three clients in two days, which is a great... She's been here for two days, three days, and two of those days she's had dinner ready when we all got home from work. And she's already planning tomorrow. She's like, it's my turn because everybody goes back to work. And so she is... This is what I'm talking about when I say there's different ways to be a Patreon subscriber or a different way to give or a different way for money exchange. Like if somebody takes the load off of your burden, that is astronomically important. Yeah. I mean, when I tell people at work like, yeah, my my mom-in-law moved in. They're like, oh, shit. 
Really? Ooh, well, how's I that? think anybody Ooh. can think that at first. But That's what, it, it doesn't sound good. Well, it's just such a dumb old yeah, American tradition, like the old, old, you're not supposed to like your mother-in-law jokes and well, stuff. And that's well, true. that's coolest mom and mom. Sorry for that. Yeah, and we're I was going to say, sorry for those people. We're okay. blessed with space. Not we are everyone blessed with has space. the space mm, true. to, to uh, handle yeah. a mother-in-law. No, you're a thousand percent right. It would be a very different thing if we had small quarters, but we don't. We've mm-hmm. been blessed. And so here we are in turn blessing my mom and letting her start her new chapter in turn, she's helping all of us be able to do exactly what you were just saying. It's nice to be yeah, on the Yeah, this porch. is super cool, man. I just don't like that she, she uses my coffee cup, damn it. She no. got her own. She went and bought she got, her own yep, fucking coffee her, cup because she, of that. She she I, saw, I saw, is that the one with the sweater on yeah, it? Yeah, she mm-hmm. got the one with the sweater on it. That's a big cup. It's a, yep. it, I don't know if you guys out there know this, but like, well, we probably do. Coffee's a big deal around this house. There's, there's a, very expensive coffee machine here. There's multiple <laughs> devices. <laughs> there's about They're not all set up. There's yeah, about there's seven m- coffee cups. Yeah, there's there's a million different ways to make it. We don't have any regular cups, but coffee cups. There's like twenty, mm-hmm. thirty and coffee cups. Coffee cups are super personal, and I w- I wonder. You know what? You guys tell me. Uh, write in and let me know. Like at your house with your family, <laughs> that'd be a cute thing is, to hashtag. Is coffee, no coffee? Yeah, cup. is your coffee, coffee cup a big thing at your house? Like, do you guys? Is that your space? And if somebody uses your coffee cup, like you're, you don't get mad, but it's like, oh man, you fucking like using my shit, thing, man. Yeah. Like, what's yeah, up? You don't it's get my, happy. It's my territory. Oh. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that that was Definitely funny too when I said that to her the other day. I walk in, she's drinking out of my cup, which I'm no big deal, but it's funny. And I, yeah, I was, I was like, by the way, Susie, that's my cup. And she goes, Oh, I've been up here before. I used it. You never said nothing. I was like, You were visiting. Now you live here. <laughs> and she just looked. She looked at me like, Damn. <laughs> well, it is cool. It's in. It's really cool to be sitting out here on a. What day is it? Tuesday, Tuesday night, and the sun's going down, and we're having tea, and dinner, yeah, my mom just brought been, us tea right in the middle of us doing this she podcast. She came and brought me and Aaron tea. Like, pff, man, no, she for all you people out there that don't like your mom-in-law, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I got a cool mom-in-law. Yeah, and we have and a cool interview for you guys this week. Yeah, so yeah, yes. I mean, switching it around, like after we hung up with this interview, we were all like. That was just so good. Mm-hmm. Like it made us feel good. It it sounded good. It was good information. So it was we were, it was just good. Yeah. And I was gonna wait to put it out. Like when when we got on the phone with them, I was we have a couple of other interviews like Yeah, like the Alpine, Alpine Camp, Camp, which I really and, want you guys to listen to, but now that But I put this one ahead of it because they've got some tour dates coming up and I and they're coming up this week and I wanted you guys out there to know if so if you're in the area you can go support these guys because they're doing their thing they're on their grind and they're really really pushing hard and giving everything they got for what they love and it's it's a trip to me to hear a group of because the musicians that we've spoken to in the past are kind of wild, most of them. Yeah. You know, a little bit. But, however, if you think back, none of them really talk about their wild times. No, but what you can you Maybe can tell. Maybe Andy. They you can are tell. wild. They're wild they, men they definitely and women. Well, you can tell, but it's not really like they're... But this was the opposite. Yes, this was... This was super cool. Mm-hmm. They are like... 
treating this thing as a business, as a business, and yep. it's their life, and yep. that's it. And There's they're a lot doing to learn from people that are amazing. serious about their craft. Yep. What happened? Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing musicians. He breaks it down the story on everybody in the band. You can look up their bio. Yeah, you he, need to watch he them. He did a great too. synopsis yes. of everybody's <clears throat> uh, personal rise to the mile twelve. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about what mile twelve was. I for, I was thinking about it while we were in the interview. I, I know kept, what it is. I, do you? Huh? Yeah. I kept thinking about it when we hung up. I was like, fuck. It was like one of those moments when you leave the bus with O'Teal and forget to take a picture yeah. like we did. Yeah. I was going to ask, but I'd already looked it up. It's in their bio because they, they're from Boston. And when they when they started touring, they passed. A, it's a, a mile marker. Mile 12 mile marker outside of Boston on a, on a highway. Okay. And they just frequented it. Oh, like on their travels, yeah, they passed so much. They passed like mile, mile twelve, 12 mile it. marker a lot. Okay, all right. Well, twelve happens to be my favorite number. I thought it was eleven. No, twelve. Four is my favorite number. What's your 11 favorite is, number? Is Apple? A Five. New, eleven is new because of the baby, but mm. twelve has been my number my whole life. I like eight. Eight. Eight's a good number. I just like the shape of it, it's, and it's I, like way, I like you the like way I like the way butts. That's why you I like cannot eight. lie. And I like the way it feels when I draw an eight. It is that that is a calming motion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the bird likes eight too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I feel like as we do this more and interview, I hate saying that, have conversations with more and more musicians. It. There's so. I knew this before, obviously, but. There's so many different kinds of people, and there's so many different reasons that people love playing music. It, it's not all the same. Like, I, I guess when I was a kid and I was in my room and I was listening to Doors and Pink Floyd and Hendrix and all that stuff, like, in my mind, I always thought those people, when they were younger, were like, I'm going to be a musician. Like, that's all I ever wanted to do. And, in talking to these guys, like there's so many different avenues and roads and things that have brought them to getting to where they are, and it's a trip, man. But the thing I like is that, like, when you listen to everyone talk about it, there is always that same way of talking about it. Like, there's nothing else that they could have been doing. That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. the thing that inspired them to do it yeah. is always different, and their reasons. Some of them come to it, it later, but yeah. for all of them, it was like, well. I mean, I'm, this is what I do. I don't. Do you ever? Uh, do you ever regret? Um, regret? No, not even one syllable. Not even one letter. <laughs> no. Do you ever regret like not sticking to playing the bass, Apple? No. 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 It just didn't come to me. I'm still not into it. I probably will never play it. (laughs) (laughs) I just like having it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I like playing around on it, but it's not something I'm passionate about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Because I've thought about that a lot lately, too. Like, doing this thing with, um, with Billy Kramer and writing songs with him. Like, I really remember wanting nothing more than to play music when I was younger. Like that. But see, these things are coming to you now that it's happening. Like, it wasn't even a thought or a question maybe, say, two years ago? Mm-mm. 
you know, no. well, even six months ago. Mm-mm. Like, you know, like as it's happening now, you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like it's unlocking this thing that you forgot all about. I and it wasn't even like a forgetting. It was like a a stuffing down kind of a thing. Like I I realize now that I'm older, like I didn't when I was younger, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I had I don't think it was that far ago yeah I I didn't believe that I had talent to do anything so playing music I I knew it felt good you know like playing the guitar felt good and it was a way that I like worked stuff out inside but I never felt like I had anything to share like that and after doing this I wrote Billy a text the other day and I was like it's the weirdest thing listening back just the two songs that we've done together so far like it's like this huge puzzle piece fell into into place for me and it was like oh shit that was the thing that was missing kind of feeling and I I wonder with these you took your lyrics and you gave them to somebody that is talented and has confidence which is now given that to you yeah seeing that you listening to those songs but also billy struggles with confidence issues too and in his musician each other and so this just shows like people who may seem like they have it all together specifically we're talking to um professionals right we're talking to like (laughs) professionals who play music for a living who've decided that um so you're assuming that they just have this amazing confidence mm-hmm. and that they're just, you know, so sure-footed. And they may be, but there's still personal doubt in one's self. The, the same doubt that everyone gets because they're human, not because they're a musician or an artist. It is like you're prepared for something, you know the answers, but... It's your turn next and you still sweat under your armpits mm-hmm. and you still think you're going to forget your lines and you still think you're going to, you know, miss the, the three pointer. Still don't take a like, well, not not take a compliment. Well, but when you compliment it, they're like, really, shucks, I'm not. You yeah, know, I don't see that. But thank you. I just don't have that picture in my head. Like, I know it now after like, especially the one that comes to mind the most is like Adam McDougal. He's like, I'm freaking out before the show, worried if I'm going to blow it, if it's just going to fall flat. And then once I start playing, I'm fine. But I don't like sitting here. I don't picture Chris Robinson backstage going, mm, I don't know. You know, I think that those people it's have, have a head. swagger. Well, well, and I think everyone's nervous differently. Like no one's nervous like you're nervous. No one's nervous like I'm nervous. Well, there can be similarities. People can be nervous similarly but even when other people are nervous it'll be a completely different experience than what so every person we've talked to says the same thing too you don't have it every day right yeah it is not there every day you are not on all the time yeah yeah that that's for sure you know what i think is happening babe is from being abusing drugs in your earlier years you're talking about feeling again Mm-hmm. Like you'd never allowed yourself to feel Mm-mm, things. No. So all of these things that are a natural talent that you've had ever since I've known you and before then, you're 
it's like kind of coming to you as a, a shock or a wave or like a new thing or like you said not new but like stuff down it's always been there you just are letting yourself feel things and so it's yeah. different it's it's a whole different perspective it's like looking for 360 panorama now as opposed to just a you know 45 percent view and i think a lot of that wouldn't you agree well i think mel would agree with this, all of us would that a lot of that unfortunately was not your doing the hepatitis c was a huge block that was a yeah, that was a, that on was your more, back that, that was, was a more sickness than, that that no. kept you from being positive and happy was, a lot the <clears throat> hep c was more than a physical ailment with me that was a spiritual issue yeah and I, with, it always is yeah it always it was, is it was a, and having that taken from me absolutely removed a block. you letting it go too yeah because it's like people identify like the deadhead badge that we do those things we keep ourselves like i'm dyslexic i'm klutzy i'm the dits i'm bad with math whatever we dot 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 ourselves to a a big one right now is depression i have depression i am depressed yes that is a huge one I'm not talking about denial. That is not what I'm saying. I'm talking about Identifying good, with the good old fashioned, just kind of the opposite of denial. Remember that bygone be bygone. Like it happened. It occurred. It's not happening right now. Fine. Don't need to talk about or it. Or not. Is, I don't mean. Or if it, need to talk or if about it, it is happening right now. That doesn't mean that that is you. No, I am not depression. Everything is fleeting. Everything is temporary. Like you, you take a shower, you get clean, you go outside, you get roll around the dirt, you get dirty. Like everything and is temporary. Just because you're dirty doesn't mean you are dirt. Dirt, right? You are a human that is being very that true. Is dirty. Wow, yeah. that's that's pretty deep. That's true, Rising. Some We're deep shit dirt. coming from the porch right now. Yeah, I am well, dirt. It's, you know, I, I am dirt. I am dirt. I. <laughs> I think it's time because I was telling um, Apple, like, not Apple. Sorry, I wasn't telling you shit. Um, I was telling Ryder. Oh, fine. Damn. <laughs> yeah, she ain't telling no, you shit. Man. Yeah, she like gave me a look too. Like, she like gave me the well. I ain't telling you shit. <laughs> Sit back, chief. <laughs> right. I don't want no shit. No, I was telling Ryder. Oh my god. Apple looks sad. He's got his arms I don't crossed. Remember. I was. We were talking about a lot of things. We today. were talking, we were talking about, about a lot of things. Okay. I forgot now. All that bullshit. I told you guys. Can't have no fun. (laughs) Can't. Not if you want me to remember. It is Apple's fault. We know that for a fact. She still isn't telling you anything, Apple. So I'm not very receptive right now. I don't don't know why that was a thing for me. I don't don't know. um, Why what was a thing? Pepsi. I don't know why that particular thing thing came into my life the way it did. Because liver has to do, is a detoxifying organ and the emotions attached to the liver are anger and like agitation and aggressiveness. And those are all of the things that you would display. You'd get all pissed off really quick. You'd curse. And then in two seconds, you were fine. Like that fieriness. And when your liver is sluggish or affected, those types of emotions like those angry drunks and shit like that like those things like manifest yeah and it was manifesting and it sucked 
It really there was oh, yeah. a when lot of really ahead, shitty years. No, that we there had. was no light at the end of the tunnel. No. There was doom. No, a couple times you and talked to me like, dude, if I, you know, this could take my life early. And, and we, me, I'm worried. Me and Aaron never talked about death ever. Mm-mm. He he never confided in me that I it bothered him. I was so him. terrified. And so we had this huge like pink elephant in the room that, like, duh, I knew that there was something wrong. But I don't even know where to start. Like, I didn't even know how to ask if that was a thing. I just knew the, the, the symptom of it, which was the aggression and the denial and the... Well, like, I, I, I can tell you this. Like, for me, the biggest part of it was a feeling of just, like, despair or hopelessness. Like... Like Apple said, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Like, what is waiting at the end of that tunnel is not good. But Dude. everybody has the same tunnel. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter. Yours is going to lead to death. Mine's going to lead to death. Ryder's is going to lead to death. That's Apple's easy, that's lead to, easy death. to say when you're well, when it leads to death a lot sooner, right. possibly. Yeah, you feel I wouldn't like be you're going to get cut short. That. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, you're not getting a full I chance. understand the mortality thing is weighing over your head, yeah. but that reality is everyone's, no matter what. True. But that was the thing, like that despair, like, oh, fuck, there's no, there's no hope. And I'll tell you what, like sitting where I am now, for those of you out there that understand what I'm talking about and feel like that, if somebody had come to me three years ago and told me, hey, man, in a year, you're not going to have this thing anymore. I wouldn't believe them. So don't ever think that there isn't hope or there isn't a chance you never know where it's going to come from mine came from corporate america paid for That's treatment right. for me man i was going to say something we all knock i mean pharmaceutical companies do do some things right when it's those medications that help yeah yeah there is a cure for something that wasn't a cure for before right and having that happen for me turned me back on completely thank god because you know it was hard it was hard for me too babe yeah for everyone involved it was hard on the kids it was hard on our everybody yeah and and you know what too like that's a whole other part of it that i never even have talked about like feeling shameful for that too compounded with that feeling of hopelessness on the back end of that feeling guilty for feeling hopeless and having it affect remember your you family. talked about that because you created it it wasn't like yeah it didn't you show up on doorstep you were dumb yeah <laughs> i got hep c from shooting dope and so like that whole thing wrapped up in in like feeling guilty because this thing's affecting my family and all of it like when it finally was gone holy shit like it's on yeah, so slowly by slowly as you're because even though you heal, like there's a it's a healing process. It's not a healing um like station, right? Yeah. You don't go there. It happens over time and so part of that whole thing of that cleansing of the hepatitis C from your body has been more feeling and more like you dance more, you smile more, your skin doesn't look green, you <laughs> you have more movement yeah. just overall. You don't walk like a sloth. Like there's so many. You don't pass out on the couch. Like yeah, come home and go straight to yeah, bed. Like, and, you are actually a person and, to have fun with instead of a shell in there that was just 
like taking up space. And mm-hmm. and it was no miracle cure either. You had to earn. <clears throat> yeah. And Aaron was miserable when he was taking that medication. Yeah. It was yeah. brutal for what a couple months, eight Three weeks, months. Yeah. eight weeks. Yeah. You were not doing good, and you were doubtful, and so were we. And yeah, man. So for those of you out there that know where I'm coming from, please don't ever give up, man. Like, well, anyone have it's any- real having a hard time in anything like yeah, you're in not anything. whatever it situation you're in right now it's gonna get different I'm not even gonna say yeah I'm not gonna say better it's not better or worse it's gonna be different yeah. every it's always different. every day and I think that really does in a very strange roundabout kind of a way lead back to this interview and it has to do with hard work yeah. Because yeah. that yeah. hard work and reality yeah. is brought up in this. Mm-hmm. Real. Yeah. So it it the magic at the end of the tunnel comes from perseverance, hard work, stick to itiveness, the willingness to go through the feeling and see what's on the other side of it and not identifying with that thing that at least for me, not identifying with that thing that I thought was me. I was Hep C. Like well, yeah, sometimes you guys like when you go through something, it's I mean, I like survivor stories and things like that are fantastic because they're very healing to other people who it's been through. So to hear a story of somebody who kicked ass through adversity is one of the things that draws us close together. But then there's got to be a time where you also shed your skin as a snake and move on to a new victory or a new hero story of yourself. And you don't have to keep being the kid who got beat when they were five years old or the you know person who got sexually harassed in their 20s or you know the person who got taken advantage of in their 40s. Like You don't have to define yourself constantly through your learning experiences. You, you can be a, a person today that has nothing attached to it with a cool new story. And that's all I'm offering is just like another way to look at yourself it, in, in, in a different way. It reminds me of this really cool quote. Uh, it's not, you're not going through it. It's going through you. Oh, shit. You're a ah, fractal. That's... The light shines through and sometimes the light is harsh and sometimes it's soft. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I won't take credit for that. It's not mine, but I don't remember whose it is. Well, you said it at the right time, so thank yes, you. Yes, you did. I don't <laughs> know how it's yours for the moment. Well, it's the road. Just, well, you know what? It's a great thing that Nate came and showed us another way of how musicians are handling their affairs behind the scenes. It's inspiring. They're talented. They are very cohesive. They all love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And. It's an excellent, it was excellent spending an afternoon um, getting to know Nate and and Mile 12. Yeah, and I love that they have all made the decision to be all in for the thing that they're doing as a group. And I think that really, for anybody that's doing anything, even if it's just you, sometimes we do stuff and we're half in. Yeah. And we're playing at it. Yeah. They are not playing at it. And it made me check myself as far as how I feel about NSR and all that and I'm I'm good. That's I'm where in. our do- Chan donating yeah, came in. I get it. I get it. That's so where it- and he also he also talked about like like we were talking about earlier. You'll you'll have days where you'll be like, Am I this 
is this what being all the way in feels like? This doesn't feel like I'm all the way in. And yeah. You do and it anyways not. and you keep going. <laughs> well, and you, you feel like that that day and then you wake up the next day and hope you feel different. Yeah. Well, and you push through yeah. it you do it. We've talked to several people that have said that some of their worst days ended up being some of their best performances. I've heard Jerry say that, actually. He said that, um, I don't know, I'm going to butcher the quote, but like he said that he went on stage and... and just thought it was the worst show ever and then listen back to the tapes later and they're like crackling with energy yeah like okay i'm sometimes i'm not present but that thing is still happening even though i'm not there we're amazing as humans our minds and everything Mm -hmm. what we can persevere and live through and it's it's amazing just gotta keep on keeping on yes we do yeah so yeah if you guys get a chance to uh check out mile 12 um, because of this, do so, man. Go check them out. We're excited for their appearance in Portland. Um, in, yeah, they'll be up here June 12th. Yeah, June 12th, and, and they're going to um, be at a house. house so we're show. super stoked about this acoustic house show. Um, so, yeah, go check out Mile 12, and here's the business. But before we do that, I'll do it quick. Check us out on Instagram we at No Simple it. Road. Not quick too. Go to the Reddit page and hook up with the rest of the family there at r forward slash No Simple Road. That is where the No Simple Road family gets down. That's where we boogie together. That's where we can, you know, find people to go to shows with, talk to each other, find out what's going on this summer, find out how we can meet up with each other at shows. Yeah, all that fun stuff that's happening on the Reddit page. Ask Head, questions. Go over to www.nosimpleroad.com. That is where you can sign up for the newsletter. You can purchase some merch. There's some stickers and a couple of pins left up there. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, so we got a calendar of events up there. And also, right now, we have a GoFundMe going on to hook us up with some new equipment. Um, over the last few months, we've been doing more stuff out and about, and we realized that our current setup is insufficient to do those things. It's we are, built for a porch. It is built for the porch, so we are uh, working to have the family help us fund some new equipment so we are a little more mobile and a little more professional and the show sounds a little better and that's all i have to say about that uh yeah and we already talked about the patreon page so if you feel it in your heart and you want to support the no simple road family that's no patreon.com forward slash no simple road and call guys oh yeah yes, call the number what's the number aaron 971-808-1524 that's 971-808-1524 971-808-1524 time it impresses me yeah i impressed myself <clears throat> i already forgot it he just said it four times so when i was in design school i was in a marketing class and they told us when things are repeated in advertisements three times, human beings remember it. But you don't remember that. You said well, they say you, that people's names, too. you don't They'd know say it. that, yeah, you're supposed to repeat a person's name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 well, names, some, some, names are weird. Some people's minds are built for things. And- yeah, hey, darn, some for what? names, some for numbers. It's a- right? Yeah. Mine is not built for names. But right. it's well, okay. let them listen to this wonderful episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to let, let them, you guys go. Yeah. We're going to let it that. happen. So, hey, do, do all Instagram. the things. Sorry. I said that. Okay. Facebook, all the stuff. You know. Sorry, you know what guys. to do by now. Come on. You guys listen to the show. Oh, last but not least, leave us a review on yeah. the Apple Podcast. Yeah. Go on there and just click the five-star button and move along. Or... Click that five-star button and then write a little review. Say, hey, No Simple Road's great. They're my family. 
dot dot dot. Tell us what's on Heart your coffee emoji. cup. Just say 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 on my hot coffee cup, I've got hot coffee a, cup. A Ouija board. That's what I have on my coffee cup. I have. I want to see a picture. What do I have on my coffee cup? A visual person. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you're leaving five stars and you're oh, like, I have Frankenstein. Do I write? Oh, okay. okay. You can't Frankenstein on my coffee cup. You do it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Wait. Nate. Wait. What? No. What are we waiting oh, for? Oh, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Mel's got a half <laughs> hour riff on. I'm going to do it again. Here sorry, guys. I, I thought we had a new um, little review? five-star review, and if, we didn't. If you out there would leave a review, you would have just been read. Yep. Yeah. But you didn't. Without you further didn't. ado, the No, no Simple Road crew gives you Nate from mile 12. Nate? Yes, hello. How's it going, brother? Good. Excellent, excellent. Ah, can you hear us okay? Yeah, loud and clear. Good, man. Yay. Good morning. Nate, welcome to the porch. Thanks, yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> you got you got Darwin in the background slurping up water. <laughs> just... Oh nice, I can hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, why don't why don't we introduce ourselves? Okay, first of all, I, I'm Apple. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show, and thank you for coming on. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Nate. My name is Melanie. I'm also there's four of us, so I'm one of four. Aaron. What? Oh. <laughs> hey, what's up, Nate? I'm Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I was off in space just now, like gone. And then wow. one more. I'm Ryder. What's up? Ryder, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you, man. Hey, Nate, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to all the folks out there and tell them who you are and what you do and all that? Yeah, yeah. So my name is Nate Sabat. I'm uh, the bass player and singer, um, one of the singers at least, with a uh, bluegrass band, Mile 12, and we're out of Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, we just released our sophomore album uh, at the end of March called City on a Hill. So I uh, came on the program to chat a bit about that and our tour schedule and, uh, you know, kind of the history of the band. So Dude, good to be here. Yeah, I, thanks, man. Go I, ahead. I just have to say, because you mentioned tour schedule, I'm very excited. I was looking this morning and it looked like you added more dates. You're coming to Portland, where we're at, Portland, Oregon, on June 12th, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be doing a house concert in Portland. Uh, so people can... Uh, RSVP via our website. Uh, there should be an email address on the date there, and you can uh, you can kind of get your reservation. Okay, wait hey, a minute. Tell us wait, about yeah, that. What Nate? do you mean a house concert? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So house concerts are great for those of you guys who don't know about them. Um, pretty much like someone will open up their living room um, to guests, and uh, we'll bring a live band in or a live act, you know, duo or a solo or something like that. And uh, mostly it'll be stripped down acoustic music. And uh, people will just come sit on the floor, sit on couches, sit on chairs, uh, wow. and uh, kind of hang out and listen. Yeah, it's a really, really good time. House concerts are like one of our favorite things to do. I have, okay, I've done a lot of stuff in my life, man. I have never heard of that. That is We've so not, yeah. cool. Is, yeah. I actually have heard yeah. of that here in Portland. There's a few people that I've heard, and they, they do like secret concerts here a lot as well, but I have never been to one. And wow, to see you guys strip down like that must be super fun for you guys, too. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, the music, um, like bluegrass music and, and old-time string band music, all that kind of stuff, 
is it exists in like a real stripped down setting. Right. I think the music really comes to life when there's no amplification, you know. So yeah. I always have a blast like when there's just like a couple mics on stage and uh, we can all hear each other acoustically and it's a really kind of intimate setting. I just kind of love it. So, I mean, today there's so much music out there and I mean, genre after genre after thing after thing, like it, it's a never ending thing. Like for you I, with bluegrass, I'm always curious what, what got you personally into playing bluegrass music? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Uh, and especially cause I grew up in New York city, which is not like the first place yeah. you'd imagine bluegrass music existing. Um, but I think, you know, I think generally, um, one thing we always talk about in the band is how I think a lot of us were drawn to it because, because of that kind of level of authenticity of the music, um, you can't really fake it, you know, no. um, playing bluegrass is like, you, you really need to like know the history and know the context and, um, really have great grasp on your instrument, you know? So all that kind of stuff together makes it feel like it was something that, um, was like just very real and personal and, um, yeah, just a human in this world wow. that is so digitalized and so uh, so fast paced. You know, just like yeah. a, a really good a good way to kind of connect with a something that's been happening um, in a real in a really human kind of level for for decades. And it's got to feel good too, like in the middle of those jams when it's just analog. There's no effects or anything, and it's just the notes and the people playing them and the interaction that's happening between you, it creates a, a peculiar, very unique sort of energy that, that is different than anything else that I've experienced. Definitely. Yeah. People, you know, people coming together and playing music, uh, without anything, no amplification or no digital effects. Yeah. It's, there's something that's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to attain that kind of thing in, in another way. You know, there's kind of only one way to do it, which is to get together and play. You know? Right. What which, was is, your, which is fantastic. What was your introduction to, to bluegrass music? Because like, I, I know for me, it was the Grateful Dead and, and Jerry Garcia. But yeah, what, was yeah. your, what was your entree into that world? You know, um, I think, honestly, the first time I sighted playing real bluegrass music was uh, I, I went to Berkeley College of Music up here in Boston. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to a summer program here at Berkeley, and uh, I took a bluegrass ensemble um, with the great John McGann, who has unfortunately passed away. He was he was a fantastic teacher, uh, mandolin player, and uh, he he really spearheaded the American Roots Music program here at Berkeley. Um, so I I was lucky enough to study with him in his last summer. Um, oh and, wow! Yeah, I got so much out of it, um, and and started listening to all these old recordings of the Stanley brothers, uh, flat and Scruggs, and even some newer stuff like Newgrass revival, which I'm, you know, is pretty connected to, to the dead, mm-hmm. that kind of a similar, similar era, um, as well as getting into some more, even some more modern stuff like Chris Feely and the punch brothers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I first got introduced to the music was through that ensemble. And I was, I was at this Berkeley program for jazz. I'm a bass player and was playing jazz, but, um, just like something about, bluegrass piqued my interest and i wanted to learn more about it you know yeah totally and it's so unique it it it, i'll be honest for me like it took me a while to get it to really like grasp on to what was going on and it seems like what you said is so true that 
you can't really fake it. There's no way to like over affect it because <laughs> it's all stripped down and you really do have to know your instrument and know where you're at and where you fit. And do you find that like as much as playing, listening is the skill that, that makes it happen? Yeah, I would honestly even say more listening than playing. Um, you know, especially as a rhythm player, I think that's probably something that I think about a lot. You know, it's like, how can I listen to the person, the focus that's happening right now, whether it's a lead vocal or a solo and how can I support it and make it shine as bright as possible? And, um, you know, yeah, that, that requires a lot of really, really close listening. And, uh, Every time I catch myself on stage going into autopilot, I really try to like flick it off yeah. and just like get back in the zone and just focus on on what's happening and how I can contribute to it. Like I think music as a whole, like listening is 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 the core tenet of of how to make it. You know, it's the secret ingredient that I don't think people talk about enough. Honestly, wow. Do you go ahead, up. Oh, I was just gonna—I was gonna add in something that we've all been talking about. I've been—I've been playing you a lot here on our porch for the last couple of weeks, you guys, and it was not that familiar at first. I, your your lyrics and stuff. There's a lot of really—I mean—really deep stuff, and I also really appreciate uh, Melanie. We all lit, lit up some of your covers, like Rocket Man doing bluegrass, oh, yeah. like Rocket Man. Blew okay. us all away, and then Steely Dan's one of my favorites. And I saw on YouTube you did Reeling in the Years. You guys do some yeah. of the greatest covers, along with your original music being so original and touching on so many like delicate subjects. But then to do a song like one of my favorites, I was playing it this morning before we started, is Barefoot in Jail. It, it, oh, cool. You know, you guys just cover such a wide thing. I just wanted to thank you. And then also, I guess my question is, you play with an amazing band of musicians. Can you tell us about them? Definitely. Well, yeah, first of all, thanks so much for, for yeah. kind of recognizing the breadth that we're going for. And, yeah, like the delicate subjects are, um, I think they're, when you approach them from a human lens, uh, that's something that people can really relate to in a kind of a story format. I think it, it helps a lot to kind of frame those subjects in a way that maybe everyone can come together and, and start to think about in a more human way. So that's, that's kind of our uh, angle on those for sure. Mm. Um, and yeah. And then, yeah, as far as the bandmates, yeah, I play with some really great musicians, really lucky to have met and collaborated with some of these guys and gals. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll kind of run down the list for everyone yeah, out there. Cool. Um, our, our fiddle player is Bronwyn Keith Hines. She's uh, kind of originally an Irish fiddle player. She got really into Irish music as a kid uh, and then came to Berklee College of Music and got deeper into the bluegrass and improvising and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, she's been she's been on the scene for like 10 years now in Boston and recently just moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so she's, she's, yeah, she's kicking butt for sure. Uh, and uh, our, our banjo player, B.B. Bowness, she has maybe the most unique story. She she's originally from New Zealand, actually. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah. She's from this small town in the North Island called Wanganui, New Zealand. And uh, she had a teacher um, who played guitar, but also played bluegrass banjo. And got she got really interested in it, um, especially when you know her teacher was like, "Oh, like banjo's way too hard. I don't think you should. Try, I don't think you should play it." You know? <laughs> oh yeah. And like, oh yeah. Like, watch me. You know, BB is that kind of person where like she. She she's like wants the challenge, you know, and she's like so self motivated that she just made it happen. And um, luckily, her her incredible mother was was amazing enough to bring her over to the states when she was a teenager, 
and they hit all the bluegrass festivals, like Rocky Grass, um, and um, a bunch of West Coast festivals, as well as like Merle Fest, I think they got out to. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so she was just able to kind of immerse herself in the culture there in the States and decided to move over here um, like about seven years ago. Wow. Um, Everyone, everyone else's story is going to sound so boring now. I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <should've ended. laughs> but, um, but yeah, our, our guitar player, Evan, um, interestingly enough, is actually a theater major in college. So he went to Boston College for theater. And um, because of that, has a great stage persona and is our gra- a great front man for the band. Um, and recently picked up a guitar and um, started singing lead on bluegrass stuff. Um, our mandolin player, David, is from Clemson, South Carolina, originally. Uh, and uh, he's been a real fixture in the mandolin community. He's been um, hosting this web series called Mandolin Mondays. I don't know if you guys have checked those out at all, mm-hmm. but Definitely uh, will, he posts this new mandolin video every week, like highlighting different mandolin players from around the world. Um, you know, there'll be some Brazilian players. There's some a bunch of American players, obviously. Um, some more jazz people. You know, it's like the mandolin community is pretty wide-ranging and he's kind of become a fixture in that in recent years. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the four of them. Myself, I'm, I'm from New York city originally. And like I said, only got into bluegrass pretty recently. Um, but I was really, really into choral singing when I was a teenager. Uh, that's how I kind of got introduced to music, um, choral singing and then started playing electric bass, played in a rock band in high school, uh, some jazz, um, and write my own music, you know, kind of outside of the bluegrass sphere as, as well as inside of it. So, um, yeah. And then I, I came to Berkeley and similar to, similar to Bronwyn just kind of got into it here. So, so you um, guys, you guys all live in different cities. So right now, actually, um, four of us are still in Boston. Um, and that, and Bronwyn is the one that just recently moved to Nashville, okay, but the rest okay. of us are still here. Yeah. So how do you, how do you guys work that as a band like getting together to practice and do your thing definitely yeah we this is kind of our first year doing this um bronwyn just moved in november and um one thing we've been doing is like we have time off when we're traveling together right. um a lot of the time it'll either be like an afternoon or even like a full day off and uh we'll get together like yesterday actually we, we just worked at this los lobos tune whiskey trail i don't know if you guys know <laughs> yeah you just made <laughs> Yeah, they're they're rocking band and like the second I heard this song, I was like, oh, this would be a sweet song for for mile twelve. Uh, so we worked it up yesterday, just like at the venue we played at before we went on to the next venue, and um, like those little pockets of time are pretty priceless for us. We we yeah. kind of started taking advantage of those. Um, but but as far as like getting another album together down the road, like you know that that obviously requires a lot of arranging and uh, conceptual work, and we're probably going to do some sort of a band retreat. At some point, Ooh. that sounds um, fun. Yeah, what, is, what it'll does be cool. that consist of, Nate? Man, we we don't exactly even know yet. We haven't really done one before, but um, my guess is that there'll be a lot of arranging to do um, for, of songs uh, that Evan and I bring to the table. There'll even probably be some uh, lyric editing work, some music editing work, um, and uh, just kind of a lot of overall conceptual work for like what what do we want our next album to say and, and how do we want it to sound and who do we want to work with and all that kind of stuff um so you all seem so, like you work fairly like well together like a well-oiled machine are you all highly yeah. organized and i mean very efficient yeah i think at this point we've we've kind of gotten the hang of of 
different people's roles in the band sure. and, um, and how things all work together, you know? Um, yeah, luckily, like, yeah, kind of even more importantly than the musicians in the band are, um, the fact that off stage, we're all just really strong. Um, we have strong work ethics, you know, like That's all so five cool. of us really want to, yeah, we really like know what it takes behind the scenes to like make this thing work. And, uh, you can't say that for, for many musicians, unfortunately. No. And I'm, I'm just really glad that I found people who are, as type A as I am and uh, <laughs> like making, making spreadsheets and, and to-do lists in the car and stuff. Oh, you know, we're, we're, right on. Yeah, we're a little insane, man. We're a little insane about it, but it's like the way you got to do it, I guess. You know? So do you feel like that comes across in your music, um, that type of uh, personality traits that are all kind of that type A organized, you know, efficient um, into that music? Shit, it's bluegrass. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, bluegrass does have like a certain type A element about it. it's like this kind of perfectionist mentality of like i have to get this perfectly right and i have to like be very clean and clear and um you know and there's a certain amount of efficiency even like the fact that the solos are so freaking short you know you yeah. kind of got to get in and out <laughs> so uh is this your wander. is this your um only gig is is this the full-time thing or are you guys trying to hold down day jobs too no, yeah, we're all we're all full time with the band. Like, none of us have jobs outside of music, which is which is a blessing for sure, and kind of the only way that it would work at this point, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we we all do teach and uh, play gigs on the side, kind of more casually. So, you know, we're involved with different musicians, but um, we, you know, definitely Mile Twelve is a full time job right now. Was it? Uh, this might seem like a weird question, but like, was it scary making that choice? and transition to doing that full time? Yeah, you know, different people were in different stages of life when we made that decision. Um, I think, like, I'm probably the one who it was least scary for because I was I was just coming out of college when the band was getting picked up, uh, was, was picking up heat, that is, and didn't, didn't ever really have to make that decision, which I, like, definitely love. <laughs> um, I, I was like, you know, the band had started up and I graduated and then we really started we started like hitting it pretty hard um, from there, but everyone else like were, were a bit older than, than I was. And uh, yeah, I think for some of them it was kind of a scary thing, especially our guitar player, Evan is the oldest in the band and um, had to make a real decision to pursue this. And uh, you know, he, he's getting married in October and his fiance is not a working musician. Like she, she has a normal job and you know, she's like, he has kind of had to explain to her like what it's going to be like. And they're going to have, they've, they've had to work it out together and, what the tour musician life is like for him. So, um, yeah, to varying degrees, it's, it's been a challenge, but something that we're all really grateful for and, and want to continue to strive to make happen. Hey, Nate, how would you describe yeah. the touring musician's life from your eyes? Interesting. Um, I would describe it as like a absolute roller coaster. <laughs> like there's, I would say it's probably one of the least, well, I wouldn't say maybe least boring jobs on earth, but it's, it, there's a lot of moments of, uh, of new things happening. You know, like every day is kind of a new day as far as the structure. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, different experiences that you're having, um, different places you're going. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it can be draining. Uh, it can be tiring. Um, it's easy to feel like um, you can't get grounded and you can't just like be a normal person. Mm. Um, but uh, I think it's all, you know, it all feels worth it when we're up on stage for sure that's kind of the moment where we're all happiest i think that's when crazy. We're, we're up there playing yeah that and then, day to day i mean 
Yeah, yeah, the changeover is nuts. Um, and we're not like, you know, we're definitely a pretty tame band as far as like, we're not smoking weed a ton. We're not like drinking too much, you know, well, most of the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, we're, we are like, we're, like I said, the type A thing is like, you know, we're, we're, we're doing like administrative work in the car and stuff. Like, we're not, we're not like going on hikes exactly or like, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, but then at night, at night, we'll kick back and have a good time. That's but, that's cool um, to treat it to treat it seriously and and to to be about it in, instead of like mm-hmm. doing it halfway and I I think too like there's something to be said for doing it full time and not having to like come back from the road dust yourself off and go to something else like it gives you you're immersed in the thing that you're passionate about so then that has the ability to come through in the work that you do. Yeah, I definitely, I think all of us, like, are willing to do whatever it takes to, like, make the thing continue to run as the way it is, like, and, and a lot of what it takes has nothing to do with playing music, and uh, it's, wow. it's a small business, man, like, that's the way that we think about it, and I think that's the way that it is at the end of the day, like, um, you know, like, as much as all of us would love to not have to worry about paying the rent, you know, that's the, kind of, like, the reality um, wow, and yeah. we, we know that we know that, uh, it, it means that we need to be as organized as possible to make it happen. That's, um, and like, yeah, it's, it's part of, it's a part of how our band operates that I, I appreciate because it's uh, realistic, you know? Yeah. And so like I was saying before, like for me, my entrance into bluegrass was Jerry Garcia and David Grisman and, and all that. And, you know, most, most recently, um, the whole jamgrass movement that's happening with like Green Sky and and Infamous String Dusters and Trampled by Turtle, like all those bands. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, so if somebody out there listening isn't into bluegrass, like hasn't really given it a shot, can you like describe to them what they would hear and like what they should be listening for in in bluegrass music? Definitely, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think one thing that I I've been listening for more and more throughout the years. It's it's just like um, a real feeling from the lead singer of a band where it's like you can tell that they're like really feeling the words they're singing. You know, there's like a real there's real emotional content behind the words, and um, they're really delivering the story to the to the greatest degree they can. Um, you know, I think great examples of that probably Tim O'Brien is someone that uh, is an incredibly emotive singer. Um, uh, even though he doesn't, he doesn't look like it on his face. <laughs> he kind of has his like, I don't know if you guys have ever watched him perform, but he just kind of like has this kind of blank stare when he's singing, but like his vocal is just like so emotive and it's he's kind of in incredible. Zone. Yeah. He's in the zone. That's probably what it is, you know, like kind of a paradox, um, but amazing. Um, you know, and, and there's plenty of other people who are, who are like that. And that's, that's something that I think is really important. Um, and then otherwise, I think um, just band cohesiveness, you know, like I remember what, speaking of the string dusters, I remember we were at a festival in Virginia with them mm-hmm. and they did this. They, it's so rare to like hear them strip down an acoustic, but they did this radio spot on Radio Bristol where they were just like in front of one mic, you know, and we are actually, we got into the, to the radio hall. There was like a small seated audience area and we sat there for a few songs and listened to them. And like the, the, the amount of cohesiveness in that band is, is astounding. Like they just sound like one unit, you know? Right. 
Um, so that's like one thing I think people, it, it's a great thing to hear in a bluegrass band is that like they're all working together to, to make something greater than themselves. Wow. Um, and that goes, and that goes for music overall, like any, any style of music, you know, but I think, um, it's challenging in bluegrass because there's no drummer, you know? Like everyone, everyone has to be a rhythm instrument in the bluegrass band. So it's cool to hear that work together. It's funny that you just said I never thought of that. Oh, uh, we just me and Aaron just looked at each other, kind of like, oh shit, yeah, right. There's no <laughs> yeah. drummer, huh? So totally. where, where like, does the how, rhythm how come from? Everybody, right? Dude, was, yeah, it's like it's crazy. But I get, I guess you pick up a lot of it too, being the bass player. Definitely, yeah. Like I think the the core tenets of the rhythm section are the bass and the mandolin. I would say because. You can kind of think about it like the bass is the kick drum and the, the mandolin is the snare drum. So those two are like the okay. the really key components of a kick, of a drum kit, you know. And then the other instruments are kind of filling in the other pieces. So um, do you have a special relationship yeah. with the mandolin player then? Like above, not above all the rest, but like you know, like you two are playing kind of like as one. Yeah, I, I think there's something like a couple nights ago. Um, I definitely. I asked, I asked in my monitor, I was like, let me get bass and mandolin and that's it. You know, like, I think there's something like that. Those are the two things I really need to hear clearly on stage, like above all else. Um, because that's like, if, if I can hear David, our mandolin player, then like our groove is going to be tight, like for sure, you know, um, together. And then the rest of the band can, can work with that. Um, so as much as, as much as every, every element is so important, but for me, I need to hear the mandolin probably over anything any other instrument yeah that's so, really cool that's gonna make me listen to now i'm gonna listen to you again with a little bit different ear yeah. on it totally nice yeah, yeah. definitely I, definitely i love that's like my favorite thing about music is just like every every four to six months or something i kind of feel like i'm hearing it differently and i'm listening in different ways and new ways so it's like nice. that's, that's the, the journey you know it's nice to hear the technical side explained from you because like, we were just um, a little bit ago we were talking about listening and how it being a really impo- important like key element and then you explaining that um, having to listen that closely with David it just really kind of like uh, turns it up a notch as far as like that listening aspect like oh okay uh, understanding it more as, as instead of just feeling it yeah yeah definitely yeah there's um, a lot of different elements to go into it all, for sure. You know, I, it it makes me think about meditation in a lot of ways because mm. bluegrass is it, a lot of it is so quick that if you're following each note as you go, you're going to get lost. But you kind of have to rise above it and look at it from a you know a thousand feet up as you cruise mm-hmm. through it and. Do you find that you get into that kind of headspace when you're playing? Yeah, I, I we were actually even saying last night, like after our show, we played how like there was this kind of a group think that happened mm. where uh, you know, yeah, like the Brown and I were talking on the drive home, like how it was just like we weren't we weren't really in our own heads, you know, it was kind of like it was it was like the five of us were uh, were like one co- cohesive unit and. uh you can kind of feel that internally when it happens. It doesn't happen every night, you know? So what is but, the uh, feeling like? Mm, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to describe it, I guess. Um, I just kind of feel, I don't know, it, it feels like you're just like a piece in the puzzle or something, you know? I, I, you don't feel like your own person entirely, That's so I guess cool. is a good way to put it. Have you yeah, felt like yeah, that you know. outside of the band? <laughs> At a festival? Yeah, I mean, I, 
like, yeah, speaking of like meditation, actually, like I, I went on one of those like 10 day silent retreats. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about those. Vipassana retreat. Totally. And I went on, and that's like for like, you know, most of the time there, it was like kind of a similar feeling of, um, not feeling like it, it was like the loss of ego almost, you know, which is something I think a lot of people strive to, to get rid of because it, it can be pretty damaging a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, um, was it hard to not talk? I would explode not talking for 10 days. You know, it's like, it was, that was like, it was, there's a lot of other stuff to focus on actually. Like the, the talking kind of like, it almost, um, for, I almost forgot that we weren't talking or something. Really? Like, wow. Yeah. Like there's just, there was a lot of like internal, uh, internal work to be done, you know, inside. Uh, hey, do that, you mind that, like what, what drew you to do that? Um, to go on that retreat? Yeah, I like. I think I was just curious about like, um, like what what it would be like. I don't know. I, I'd never done anything like it before, so um, <laughs> I, I just I knew that it had beneficial effects beforehand. Like I, you know, I did meditation smaller um, bouts before that, and right. wanted to see what it, what would happen if I did it for ten days straight. You know, that's that type um, A thing. How did you get all in? Well, how did you get started in meditation? What was your introductory to that? Um, that was actually one a class at Berkeley. Um, oh wow! There was a yeah. There was a great teacher. There's a lot of like non music classes at Berkeley, which is cool. Uh, and there was a class by this teacher Sheila Katz, who's a great professor, one of the best ones I had at Berkeley. And she led like this meditation overview class, like meditation through all these different lenses, you know, some of them being more religious than others and Christian and Jewish and Hindu and Buddhism and, and like just got into it, uh, in that, in that way, you know? Yeah. I was always curious about it somehow, you know, I don't exactly know why, but, um, but it definitely ties into music, man. It definitely does. And it definitely has made me a better musician, like that experience. I would yeah. Say. And I wonder too, like you had brought up, um, Wait, before you stray off, I just want to know, like, what was your takeaway from that mm. retreat? I'm sure there was um, not just one, but, you know, something that you kind of remember from that. Yeah. I think one thing is, like, um, it's, like, I think in when you're when you're stuck in situations that are, like, stressful or you're getting frustrated over someone or something... Um, being able to step back and just like try to not get caught up in that feeling and, mm -hmm. and just approach it calmly and like figure out the best way to deal with it. Um, that's something that, uh, is, is re has been really helpful for me. Um, and just, just trying to like not, yeah, not get caught up in those negative emotions and just let them, let them like pass without grabbing onto them. And that's you know? gotta be super useful when you're dealing with, a group of people that all have their own opinion and ways that they want to do stuff and you're trying to work as a cohesive unit that's a super useful skill yeah yeah like you know as as, as well as we work together there's still definite struggles and like there'll yeah. be some like some fighting and some passive aggressive behavior and um i've tried my best to utilize like what i learned on that retreat like in the band you know and just just try to make sure we're all like having having a good time and, yeah. and not gonna rip each other's heads off well yeah and that that stuff is real man i mean we're all human beings and just because you decided to start a band and play music together doesn't mean that every moment is sunshine rainbows and unicorns like you <laughs> you have to f get through that stuff and having those tools to be able to do it is it, it, 
invaluable and I, mm-hmm. I, when you guys are uh writing who's who, who are the primary writers in the band like writing lyrics as far as far definitely as yeah our our um guitar player evan and i are pretty much the two songwriters in the band um and uh evan evan is the kind of core one you know like most of the songs on the new album are his and then a couple of them are mine um and our and david wrote uh, that mandolin tune rialto it's on mm-hmm. our album so he writes a bunch of instrumental music where where do you get your your inspirations from because like we were talking about earlier some of these topics are heavy man like you know soldiers mm. and and historical and the jewish immigrant stuff and yeah yeah um uh, yeah we get a lot of different people man a lot of different people i mean one one huge inspiration for me is levon helm oh um, shit yeah you know yeah just as a good musician i mean you know i wouldn't cite him like i mean you know his songwriting with the band and stuff was was incredible was incredible but the more for me the inspiration lies um in in this kind of authenticity that he brings to the table as a musician like he he just is himself and he's not afraid to to just let that be what it is without like trying to to gloss like add too much gloss or or uh extraneous stuff you know i don't know i just i've always i've loved levon helm so you gravitate Um, towards the realness of it yeah yeah there's the authenticity of it and that's like you know that kind of like the roots side of what Levon was doing. I think comes out in that in that regard. You know, he's just like he's he's down in the dirt. He's like talking to working people and farmers and and like understanding the gravity of of their situations. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I, and, I love I love Levon Helm and trying <laughs> to put. Uh, it seems to me that music a lot of music that's out there today lyrically is trying to get across a feeling. Um, it's poetry. Mm. The poetry is trying to convey emotion. Whereas with bluegrass, it seems more of like it's more geared toward the art of telling a story. Is that am I on point? Mm, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. There's like, I always kind of compare songwriters and songwriting like some of them some of them are like photographs and some are like paintings you know oh shit yeah um, yeah yeah like and i think bluegrass and and like americana and roost music is very much about the, the photograph you know um there's a certain realism in the lyrics and like and this kind of story story versus emotion you know like it's much more rooted in a storytelling kind of thing um which kind of comes out comes across to me more as like a photographic kind of thing yeah um, i never thought yeah. about it like that before yeah, yeah, like that's something I I've been thinking about it for a few years, and I know Evan's a big songwriting influence on Evan has been Jason Isbell. Oh yeah, um, you know who's like he kind of toes the line in a way. Like some of his lyrics are more poetic and a bit more uh, abstract, and I think that that aspect of songwriting has influenced Evan a lot. Um, he hasn't he hadn't really he hadn't really uh, infused his songwriting with with any of that kind of stuff before getting really into Jason Isbell. I don't think and. uh he's kind of found found a new voice um through listening to a lot of his music and uh his process so when <clears throat> excuse me when you guys sit down to write together what does the process look for for you guys do you is it something that like because i hear some people say like oh yeah the whole song came to me in in you know in one piece and then other people have to like grind it out to get it out like for you what does it look like yeah, I think both both of those things happen a lot. Um, honestly, really. Um, yeah, yeah. Like some songs just kind of come out, and some take like weeks or months to finish. And um, 
I think uh, Evan and I will like definitely bring each other's songs to each other to like help edit and kind of craft and think of the concepts and storyline. And, um, and then the rest of the band will also help us um, when it gets to a point that feels like kind of it's at a solid place. We'll yeah. show it to the rest of the band and they'll put their two cents in and like that, that will be um, something we take into the next round of editing. So, so yeah, are, I think our lyrics first or is melody first? Um, again, kind of varies again, kind of varies. Um, I think for me, uh, most of the time, like I'll hear the music first That's and then so lyrics. Cool. Yeah. And, and then I think, um, you know, different people do different things. I think yeah, I can't, I can't exactly speak for Evan on, on that as far as his internal process, but, right. um, yeah, it's always, it's always a mixture though. Each song is different. What a fucking rad adventure to do what you guys are doing and and it's so cool too that like it's wholly an american art form like it, it goes yeah. like it goes back forever like well and that that brings me to what he just said holy america that's like what i think i i want to ask you a question you guys just went you had a good run of shows over in the uk oh, i'm yeah, just wondering yeah. what what the difference is cuz when i think of like you know uk you have the old Miami mandolin players forever going back there and like the bards tales and different songs. What's it like playing over in the UK, taking the bluegrass on the road there? Yeah, it's definitely different. Like I always say it's funny, like how um, different aspects of like what the band is get highlighted depending on where we are. Like, like if we're in the South, like if we're in like North Carolina, like we're like a bunch of Yankees trying to play bluegrass music, you know? <laughs> uh, and like, there's a bit of like, we got to kind of show the crowd that like, yeah, we really know what we're doing. Like, don't worry. Uh, but then we're, when we're in the UK, we're like the American bluegrass band. Like they're so real. They're so legit. You know, and it's like, well, we were just that same band who were a bunch of Yankees and all of a sudden we're like American. So like, it's a funny, <laughs> difference. it's a funny difference. Um, but I think that does help. Uh, it helps a lot because like people are really interested in our music. I think off the bat, just because we are a bit um, outside of the norm over there, and especially the music we're playing is is very American, and yeah. um, people are always excited to to come check it out and hear something that uh, is authentically American. So uh, we had a bunch of good shows, really good turnouts, and uh, we were working with this great agent, uh, Maria Wallace of True North Music. Her agency is amazing, and she worked her tail off to try to get us um, good audiences and good venues, and she did a great job. So it was an awesome tour. Had you had you been over there before? Um, the band had not been over before. I was over. I'd been over there touring with other uh, other groups a couple times, but that was the first time Mile Twelve hit the road in the UK. Isn't it a trip that like? You can travel around the United States and yeah, it's all the U S but when you travel around, like people are different wherever you go. Like there's something to be said about people from the South. There's something to be said out West. People from the Pacific Northwest are different than people from New York. And then when you go to Europe, it's a completely different trip, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and and then even in the UK, you know, you got your like posh Londoners and then you got your working class people up north and like, it all blends together. It's like, that's, that's just like a broad stereotype, but like, it's incredible, like how much things change from area to area. Yeah. And it, it was weird for me. Like when, when I toured just a little bit in the nineties with the dead, noticing that like, even the way people look 
is different as I travel around and the you could like see a person that's from the east and tell they're from the east and the same with the south mm-hmm. and like it's weird man I I think that's one of my favorite things from traveling around is getting to see all the different people and then like um tasting all the different food from all over the country what's your favorite part of like of doing the the touring thing yeah that's a good question um I think I think for me it, it has to come back to the music and the fact that like we are playing the same stuff every night and this like the level of consistency that develops over time um, is so thrilling to like witness as a musician like it's like we're getting more cohesive and we're getting tighter and the music's getting clearer and um, more polished like I just I kind of love that and like the fact that you just got to do it every night like no matter what mood you're in you know. Oh, you just shit. have to get up there and deliver. Yeah, like, you know, you're not going to be in a great mood every show. Like, there's going to be shows that you're just not, you just don't want to be there, realistically. Even if it's a great audience, like, you're just not wanting to do it. And you still got to do it, you know? You got to deliver. And, and that's a great experience because um, that's just the reality of the, doing what we do. And yeah. anyone doing what, you know, if you do anything that is repetitive, like, you just sometimes you're just not going to feel like you want to do it. Yeah. But discipline. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> Even with a job like you said that you have where every day is pretty different in itself, there's still that mm-hmm. rep- repetition. So, yeah, Definitely. no matter what you do, it's going to be kind of a grind. And I think that's awesome that you acknowledge that. Like, yeah, you don't feel like it no matter how awesome the audience is or how cool the opportunity is. You just woke up on the wrong side of the bed and didn't feel human. like it yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Headache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah who knows you know so yeah. that's like you know and and obviously you yeah, have a traveling meeting people and and different kind of slight changes in culture and that all that kind of stuff super fascinating to me um but yeah yeah the music is the is the reason i do it 100 percent. that's so badass man you i'm you're so lucky to get to do that. And I mean, it's not, I know it. it's not I know luck, it. I guess you're, you're busting your ass yeah. and well, we, I, yeah, it's, well, it's a lot of, it's a lot of different factors. I know that like to even get to the place where you could conceive to do this, you need a lot of luck, um, you know, born into luck and, and, yeah. uh, born around luck and, and living, growing up around it. Like I did in New York, you know, like the artistic community there. And so I, I it's a total mix of stuff, but, I try not to take it for granted. You know, it's all, it's all anyone can do, right? doesn't sound yeah. like you are. No. It sounds like you're re- really appreciative, and I, I can appreciate that. Thank you for acknowledging your blessing because you are talented. You are blessed to be able to have the ability to do what you do and then to have also the mindset and the mind frame that you wrap around it is pretty awesome and inspiring. So thanks for that, Nate. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's really it was a really deep interview. I appreciate the oh, yeah. uh, the the really strong questions. Yeah, yeah. brother. It, I, before we go, like, why don't you tell everybody where you're going to be playing in the next few weeks and let them know where they can find you and all that stuff. Definitely. Yeah, man. So we're hitting the road um, starting on Tuesday. Um, we're going to be starting. This tour is kind of crazy. We're starting in the south and we're ending up in the Midwest. So uh, if you're in either of those areas, you know, um, some major points, uh, we're going to be hitting the station in in Nashville, Tennessee on Wednesday night. Uh, it's our, it's our CD release show at the station in. So any Nashvilleians out there definitely come out. Um, and then we're going to be, uh, in Asheville, North Carolina at the ISIS music hall on Thursday. Uh, we'll be at Merle Fest on Friday for the first time. Which oh, is shit. a great festival. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm sure you guys have heard of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll be at, we'll be at Merlefest on Friday, um, and then we're going to work our way up to the Midwest. We're going to be opening for Dell McCurry um, at the City Winery in Chicago. Um, I think that 
it's May 2nd, I believe. Wow, so that's any huge. people in Chicago, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you're coming out, you're going to see one of the greatest bluegrass fans of all time, and we will be supporting them as best we can. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be really fun. And then a bunch of stuff in between, all that kind of stuff. Aww. So um, check out our, our website, mile12bluegrass.com. You can find us there, and we're going to be out, like you guys said, in your neck of the woods um, in June. And uh, we'll be in British Columbia in August. We'll be in France in August. Like, we're oh. all over the place, man. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Congratulations, so, right man. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. To the whole band, to you personally, and to the whole entire band for Thank you. Thank just you. the up and coming success that you guys are getting. And I'm just going to throw it out there. There's a, I'm sure you've heard of it, there's a festival out here in the Pacific Northwest called the Northwest String Summit. Yeah, and I know it. Yeah, it, you guys would be perfect, man. I'd love to see you guys. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. 20 we'll minutes try to get out house. there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, all right. I was actually just talking to a friend. Yeah, like, there's so many great festivals near you guys, like Pickathon and uh, Wintergrass up in Washington State. Like, yeah. we want to get out there uh, as soon as we can and hit all those festivals, for well, sure. Well, when you, you've got our support. And you've got you got a place to come kick it if you want to, man. we we got a yeah. place where you're welcome, doors open. And, so. and we're going to have awesome. to RSVP for the uh Portland show here. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> All four of you guys, shoot me an email and I'll, I'll guest list you guys. You guys, oh, you guys, you guys yeah, man. Thank you, Nate. We'll be uh, there. Record it. Oh, <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Nate, nice to meet have you guys a beautiful day, man. It's be Thanks fun. so much for sharing some time with us. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks everyone for having me. Uh, have a great Easter. And yeah. uh, enjoy the yeah. yeah, You too, Nate. And Passover if it applies. Yeah. Yeah, it does apply to me. Yeah, thank <laughs> me you. Me too, man. Sweet, man. <laughs> oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I should have I should have uh, should have said happy Passover then as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Ryder too. Yeah. Ryder's yeah. been bar mitzvah. In fact, I'm going on birthright <laughs> nice. this, this summer. Oh, shit. Right <laughs> oh, solid. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. All right. All right, Nate. All right, Nate. Enjoy your day, man. Happy Easter to you. Right. We'll talk to you soon. All right, yeah, you guys too. Have a good one. Right, bye. 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 There was a city by the ocean. At night, my father tells me so. Before the water took the earth back. Before the plants refused to grow Its beauty never knew an equal Its metal towers touched the sky Its people knew the warmth of sunlight Before the sunlight burned your eyes And at night I dreamed about it Let my father's home I
Father took us from the city Wandered deep into the hills Built a shelter on the high ground And that's where we're living still And at night I dream about it And my father's home I found What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. That was fun. That, that was, was fun. fantastic. I like Nate. Man, what a, wow, what, what a cool dude. I, can he you went, imagine being in the car with all of them after a show and the spreadsheets are coming out? <laughs> no, 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 no. The spreadsheets come out before the yes, show. That, on the, the way to the show. The beers come out oh. after the show. My head would go... Yeah, he said that they have a nice relaxing yeah, they, 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 they chill at night. They do the spreadsheets during the day. Yeah, they're organized that way. Yes. Aww, that's a good, a that's a good that, There's a lot of good stuff brought up. That, that, warmed that was heart. heartwarming. There's a lot of good stuff brought up. Listen to them a little differently. Yeah. And yeah. other music. Like, I'm going to listen to Bluegrass differently. We both look at each other like, oh my God, I never realized there's no drums. I just didn't catch your eye contact. I looked at the trees and did the same thing. And it was the most obvious thing in the world. I just never put it together because it's just so whole music. It's not missing anything. He was right that every other instrument really picks up yeah, the, the they're all responsible I'm for rhythm. I'm going to listen to all of Bluegrass differently. Yeah. What a I, sweetie Petey. Bass and mandolin. It's so cool. This is the coolest thing, doing this. This and, is and now so we're gonna, Now we're going to go rad. see him. At a, we're going to go get a meet Nate and the rest of the band and go and see him. I haven't at the, been to a house, house show since house I was... Show. I'm excited 14 about that. I was very, a punk yeah. rock house show. Okay. Um, Mel's got to go to work. I love all this, but I, I would Mel's like to, to just work. chit-chat about this, but I got to go to work for reals. Well, it's right. Easter. Bye, bye, bye. I'm going to go work. I'm going to come you home. You get off early for get Easter early. dinner. Yep. I got super and special thanks desserts. To the, thanks to the uh, security guard at my work for telling me that Easter, you're supposed to eat ham and scalloped oh. potatoes because I didn't know that because I'm Easter Jewish. Easter ham. And so we're doing ham and scalloped potatoes. All right. I love you guys. We'll see you next week with more fun and craziness and things that are happening in places and hit up the Patreon. All right. Hit up Patreon. And, and follow us on Shop Instagram and subscribe to the show and leave five star reviews and go to Shop Tour Bus and Define and all the things. Goodbye. Yeah. Be kind. Love, love each you. other. Smile no, stranger. Safe.
date, but it's a tad bit of strange similarity that be the A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. Features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.